It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota, as you see, still in location in Mexico. But I had a chance to sit down with C.J. Ham. He's going to open up a vein, talk faith, family, and football. Most importantly, what makes him tick and keeps him going? But we got to kick it off with Mike Conley Jr. He's going to stay at Timberwolf. How long is this going to last? And then also, we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins in the Daily Three coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want to thank the everydayers that continue to download, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend and tell a friend about our show. Uh, we're doing something new in Minnesota, something different. So the everydayers, you are really helping us get this going and keeping this going. But today's show is a good one. We got C.J. Ham, for, uh, current Vikings fullback, joining us. Pro bowler as well. He's going to talk about his family life, though, because in sports so often, it's all sports driven. I wanted to kind of get with C.J. on just how his life as a professional football player and he's grown up i've watched him grow up in this league and you know multiple kids and so much with his family but then of course his teammates justin jefferson kirk cousins a lot going on there as well so we'll talk to cj ham and hanging around johnson segment but of course we got the daily three coming up we got to start off with mike conley jr but before we do that i want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on that's the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. I've tried it. I've done it. I used it. I got into the Twins Tigers game the first time I went. It was a it was a breeze. I was able to get 10 tickets without having to worry about a scalper. So it's safe, it's efficient, and it's the best secure way to get tickets and not feel like you're getting taken. And you can even see the seats. That's the cool thing. You can see exactly where your seats are going to be. So it gives you better vision into where you want to sit. Baseball's coming up. It's a great time to do it on the Game Time app. Again, download the Game Time app, code locked on. Well, as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, I knew something like this was going to happen. Like every time I decide to take a trip, stuff happens. Uh, I was expecting it to be Kirk Cousins or maybe Justin Jefferson, but we went a different route today. Sam, what is going on in Minnesota sports? Yeah, I don't know if anybody saw this coming, but Mike Conley signs a two-year extension with the Timberwolves, two years, $21 million, so $10.5 million per year. And if you've seen the point guard contracts in the league, Ron, I think this would be the equivalent of Kirk Cousins signing a two-year, $40 million extension, so like $20 million per year. That's That's how much of a bargain this is for the Wolves. You get Mike Conley for the next two years. He's having a career season. Mike Conley is age 36 right now, so you've locked him up through age 38. So that's 21 total? So two years, 21 total? or 21 Yeah, 21 years? total. Wow. Wow. So this is this is where I go with that, Sam. When I immediately, like, you know, you kind of told me I woke up to it. 
this happened overnight or was this yesterday? Uh, this was this was yesterday. I think it was afternoon okay. or evening. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Afternoon and evening yesterday. Let's see. I, I was walking the beach. Uh, then I was getting dressed for a party on the beach. And so we had my, my father-in-law's 75th birthday party on the beach. So as you can see, it's somewhere back there is the beach. You go down and then you get, get to the sand. And you walk across and you're right there. Um, so I wasn't paying attention to my phone. Not going to lie. And when I saw that this morning, right away, right away, this is what this tells me. Mike Conley wants to win a championship because you don't sign that number after what you're doing, the efficiency that you're doing it at, the 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 ability for people to see when you're not playing. Now, granted, there might not be another 70-point cat night, but when he didn't play, the team fell apart. And so then they, I think it was a wake-up call for them to say, hey, we need to kind of get it together. Uh, when Mike Conley comes back, though, let's be even more efficient. And that's what they're doing. They're way more efficient when Mike Conley comes back. But he showed how important he is to the team. I think he was even your like midseason MVP on the basketball party. Um, so, so I think Mike Conley is showing how important he is to this team, but how important the team is to Mike to take that deal. Why? Because Anthony Edwards, big money. Carl Anthony Towns, big money. Rudy Gobert, big money. And so when you already have three big money guys, if you look at all the big threes we've seen, uh, when the Lakers did it, when uh, who else did it? The, the Spurs had it. The Celtics had it. Uh, the, the, the Heat. I can't forget about LeBron and Chris Bosh. There's not room for another big money guy. I mean, we saw it with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. They could have had it organically, but they chose one. We know Kevin Durant clearly doesn't get along with anybody. Now, if you watch him make his way to the NBA, there's a lot of players that just don't gel with him well. Uh, so I'm putting that on Kevin Durant. But when you think about Mario Chalmers with the Heat, the way Mario Chalmers played, or even Ray Allen. Let's go Ray Allen. Forget Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers is not that guy. Ray Allen. For Ray Allen to want to join the Heat and say, you know what? I'm still going to make this work. I'm going to find a way to make this work. That's the big difference. Like, that's that's what I think about, you know, Ray Allen hitting that shot. A lot of teams would have paid for Ray Allen services. But Ray Allen was like, look, I want to win a championship. And that's where I see Mike Conley right now. Mike Conley could easily go to another team. Uh, he could play this year out. And then say, you know what, let me let me test free agency and see how much I'm worth on the market. But you look at the age of Anthony Edwards, you look at the age of Carlin Anthony Towns and you look at Rudy Gobert kind of really getting comfortable now with this team. When you think about when he's with the Jazz and he finally got comfortable, that's where everybody found out Rudy Gobert was really good. Uh, when, when you look at now Walker Kessler versus Rudy Gobert, you're like, eh, OK, Tim Conley, you did the right thing. But Mike Conley, to me, he just wants to win a championship. And that's what this contract shows. And the Timberwolves. Um, you know, I, I think fair, but my guess is there's probably some escalators in there that, you know, if he wins a championship, if he, you know, gets whatever the assist, you know, leader, and there's all kinds of stuff that people can throw in these contracts. Uh, but I don't know, Sam, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, well, I think we all know about the Wolves' expensive roster. We know that they're over the cap next year, and I was skeptical they'd be able to keep this group all together. Now, with this contract, they're still projected to be over that cap and you got to pay a big fat tax. But because Connolly took this fair deal where, I mean, Ron, he's barely getting paid more than Monty Morris is this year. This is a yeah. dirt cheap deal compared to other point guards in the NBA. This makes it maybe more possible that the Wolves could figure this out financially um, and keep this core together without having to trade anybody 
and unload assets to be you know under the salary cap. And maybe these new owners, Ron, are willing to pay that tax. I mean, that that could be the case. They might say, hey, we've got a championship window. We want to keep this group together. And Mike Conley is the straw that stirs the drink. He's the, the floor general. He's the decision maker. He's the adult in the room. Uh, career best from three-point land this year. Career best free throws. Career best assist to turnover ratio. So this makes perfect sense to me. He's aging like fine wine, Ron. Age 36, and he's having his best season. Well, when you look at his his previous contract, so, you know, with the Utah Jazz, he signed that $68 million three-year contract. Uh, you then say he goes down, and he's now with the Timberwolves from 2022-23, 23-24. He's made $22 million this year. Or, sorry, last year, making $24 million this year. And so this is a guy that's made enough money. And I think, and I say enough, there's never enough, but there is enough. At some point, you have to be willing to say, you know what, it's not about the money, it's about the championship. And I think that's where Mike Conley's at. At the age of 36, he knows, you know, he's hitting that gold number where it's like, you know, uh, Rubio, not Rubio, sorry, uh, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. And you think about some of these aging, you know, Isaiah Thomas. Um, when you hit that number and you start to get old and it's like, well, these new young 20-year-old point guards are coming to this league, can I keep up? The answer usually is yes, but it's like, how much am I worth? You know, how much can I can I give you 82 games? Probably not. Uh, what does that look like? I'm going to have to rest. And so, again, I think it's about the championship at this point. I think he's he's been to enough teams. He's bounced around. He's a first-round draft pick out of Ohio State. Uh, he's made a lot of money. I think now it's it's like, look, this is this is when you saw like Carl Malone and Gary Payton go to the Lakers. You know, like I just want to do something to try to win a championship. And and I think Mike Conley's doing it at a better clip and a higher level. Like the Lakers, when Carl when uh what's his name, Carl Malone and Gary Payton did it, they were literally on their last leg. Shaq going to the Celtics, literally on his last leg. Mike Conley still has a lot left in the tank, but he knows he doesn't want to waste it getting because he can probably get big money somewhere, decent money. But it's going to be with a terrible team. And so do you want to, you know, you're already a millionaire. Do you want to play with a terrible team and just keep making more money? Or do you want to be, like, remembered as a, you know, championship point guard? Because in the next two to three years, I'm guessing that's the window he sees, as well as with Anthony Edwards, currently times Rudy Gobert. This is going to be their window to try to win it. They'll probably be the one through four seed for the next two to three years. And that's going to be it. And then after that, you know, it's going to be, well, should Cat go to another team? Is Rudy Gobert going to retire? Uh, you know, so on and so forth. Do do we do? Can we get lucky lucky and draft a Walter Kessler that Rudy Gobert can walk into the sunset? I mean, there's going to be a lot coming down that stretch. And you think about Michael Jordan winning six. You know, at, at the age Anthony Edwards is, Michael Jordan was still getting his butt whooped by the Pistons. Well, Anthony Edwards is a little bit ahead now. He's number one in the West. Mike Conley says this is the this is the horse I want to hitch my wagon to. So I think that's the reason for this contract, and I and I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Um, I think that if, you know, projected forward to next year, I don't know if you have a ton of bench depth that's figured out for next year. You can you can work on that in the offseason. Um, but you've got your top seven, eight guys all intact for next year. I mean, there's no yeah. reason why this train would have to slow down. Yeah, and again, Mike Conley over his career, $270 million estimated. Not bad. It's time to win. It's time to win a championship. It's time to win a championship. Well, we got CJ Ham coming up in the day, or sorry, the Hangover Ron Johnson segment coming up next. But before we get to that, we have a word from our sponsors. As Ron told you in the open, we're brought to you today by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. 
that applies to sports, music, comedy, theater. You can get tickets to all of that through game time with their killer last minute deals, all in prices, best price guarantee and views from your seat. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All in prices show your total up front. So, you know, you're getting a great deal before you check out uh, views from your seats. You know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in seconds, just two taps. That's all it takes. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection also included when you use game time. And they have deals right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Uh, Download the game time app, create an account. Use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. I got CJ Ham joining me. We had him last week. Uh, guys are so good, I had to get him back again. We want to talk a little bit about family, a little bit about, you know, his life in football. And then, you know, of course, those kids. Because I know for everybody that follows social media and follows the Ham family, uh, it's got a lot going on in that house. So with no further ado, bring CJ Ham into the show. CJ, I want to thank you for joining me on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment, man. Uh, I know last week we talked about uh, a lot about the team, about sports, about football, all that stuff, man. I do want to talk family. Uh, before I jump into the family talk, uh, a member of your family, Dalvin Cook. You know, Dalvin Cook was a member of your family for a long time. Uh, he ends up leaving. Nothing to do with him. It's money, teams. We know that. This is what football is about. I mean, God, the guy went to the Jets and now the Ravens. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Uh, but when you lose a running back like that, that you've been around for so long, um, I know you can't take it personal because it's not it's business. Uh, but how is that, man, losing a running back like that? And then also seeing like, dang, he should have just stayed <laughs> when you look at like what the Jets ended up doing with them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like you said, um, for his, his, his Dalvin, Dalvin is my family. And, and you know, we still talk. Uh, we still talk to this day. Uh, you know, him, myself and Alex had a a three-way FaceTime uh, right, right around Christmas where we were just talking and chopping it up. And, and that's somebody I grew very close to. I mean, he, I was his uh, fullback for six years. Um, the man is obviously a great running back. And we, we had the connection where we kind of knew what we were thinking, how we were going about things. Um, like it was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun blocking for him. And obviously to see him go and then not have the, the same type of success that he, he had he, he had, had for the four years prior was was tough to see and I, I felt for him and I, I text him um see how he's doing and uh you know just see how he's feeling but um I'm, I'm wishing the best for him wishing the best for him moving forward um because he's still got a lot of good football left in him and I'm um, hoping the best for him and hoping someday our our pass can cross again on, on the field yeah and when you when you look at you know you got the Jets and you got the Ravens I know I personally I play for the Ravens I mean for those that watch the show I keep the helmet on the on the thing along with the Steelers helmet but um, I was personally rooting for the Ravens, not because of Dalvin Cook, but because of I play for the Ravens and, you know, they still send me gifts. So I got to appreciate that. But for you, uh, did you have a little bit of added like, you know, you want to see four get to a Super Bowl? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. As soon as he as soon as he signed, it was like, all right, it's go time. Go, go time. Go go out there. get You know, obviously get an opportunity. Um, but you're playing on a great team that's got a shot to go to go get a ring. So. I was rooting for him. Um, I was locked in watching watching the Ravens. I, I I personally don't watch a lot of live football. Yeah, to be honest with you, um, you know, if, if we're playing a team and they're they're playing on a Sunday night, like I watch that tape on Monday on my iPad rather than <laughs> rather than watching it live with the commercials. 
Um, but you know, for uh, for for all the rape for, for the Ravens games, I, I was locked in um, trying to trying to see my see my guy out there for uh, do his thing. Yeah, man. I mean, and I get it when you have three kids uh, and a wife. Uh, because that's a, that's a fourth, well, actually that's the first obligation. And then yes, you got sir. three yes. other obligations. Cause she comes first. Um, I always try to remember that with my wife and my daughters, because you have girls and you know what it's like. It's, yep. it's like, man, I created that. And this little person needs me and they love me no matter what I say, no matter what I do. Whereas that grown up woman, she sometimes has an attitude with me and I didn't do anything. <laughs> Um, but I try to remember that with my wife too. Cause I'm like, ah, uh, let me, uh, let me see what we need. Like, Hey, you guys go do this. And so that's why I'm, I'm looking forward to our trip. Cause our grandparents are keeping the kids. And yeah. so we get some days to just us. Um, so that's, that's, that was awesome this year to hear from my, my in-laws told me like, Hey, we'll keep the kids and you guys can stay at a different, uh, hotel. So I'm like, Oh, perfect. So, uh, that's good. Now I'm looking forward to that every night, 10 nights, no kids every night. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to that. I've, it's been a while since we've done just that with just us. So, and you know how it is with kids. Like you forget to do that. Sometimes you forget yeah. to just pour into your relationship because without the relationship, then the kids aren't happy. And so that's, yeah. that's what I've learned. But when you talk about your family, man, and you talk about, like I said, like not watching live games, cause you are, I, I see it, man. You're always reading books or, you know, putting them to bed or making sure they're doing this or whatever. Um, what, how has that been, man, as an athlete in this sport for so long now, and then also like being a father, you know, cause you got training camp, you got meetings, you got, you know, players on your team want to hang out and get closer. Like mm-hmm. how has that been to navigate all that? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it obviously has its, uh, has its challenges, right. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're stating, you're stating those challenges, but for me, I've learned that uh, you just have to be really intentional, really, really intentional with that time that you do have, um, you know, training camp, staying at the, staying at the hotel most nights, um, you know, and as soon as I get done at 7.30, 8 o'clock, I can, I can run home real quick to see the kids before they go to bed and read them a book or give them a hug or just do anything with them. Um, those are the moments that they remember, um, mm-hmm. that, 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 that they truly cherish. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my thing. It's just try to be more intentional uh, with all the times that I do get, um, being there for them, um, you know, showing interest in the things that they love, that they, that they, that they love to do. Um, but then, like you said, most importantly, doing that same thing with my wife as well, um, making sure she's taken care of and, uh, you know, making sure that she still knows that I love her, um, you know, because she because she does come first. Yeah. And, and it, her coming first. So, first of all, start there. Like when you think about like, you know, God, the way God asks us to do it, you know, the, the husband should treat the wife as, as Christ taught the church, treated the church and saw the church and loved the church. Uh, we're supposed to die to ourselves so our own selfishness our own inhibitions our own lust our own pride everything it's supposed to die for your wife that's the hardest thing i've ever heard it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do um i've recently been doing a men's study for the last like six months about this i did it once before and i honestly i quit I'm never gonna lie about that i quit after the first book because i'm like this is a lot um this year i'm proud of myself i stuck through book one i'm now on book two Um, and I'm glad I did because I'm learning a lot more about me as a man. I'm learning about me as my anger, uh, why I'm angry sometimes, you know, like, and I know you've been there as well. Like I lost my dad, lost my grandma, my wife got breast cancer all within the same like couple months. And so it was a lot for me to mentally handle is because men are supposed to be strong. We're not supposed to be vulnerable. We're not supposed to cry. Um, but that's wrong. That's 100% wrong. That's what society says. That's Mm -hmm. not what God says. And so, as I'm learning this and how to, you know, be a father to my daughters, you know, that's hard because you're not there yet. I have a 12 year old turning 13 
who now I'm starting to notice boys are looking at. And, you know, I'm wondering <laughs> about the Lululemon pants and then the short oh, skirt. No. Yeah, it's like, oh, I see, like, and she's playing high school sports. So now she's at the high school. So when oh. I go pick her up, I'm seeing, like, the high school boys walk by. And they're looking at the softball girls because they're wearing tight pants. And, all, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> but when you think about all that, man, and, and God does call us to do this, like, yeah. why does that stay front of mind for you? Or how do you try to navigate that with your wife? But then also, like, letting your daughters and, and your son know. Like, he's probably, Trip's probably too young uh cj the third he's too young probably to understand that but i think the daughters are noticing like mom and dad dancing or mom and dad watching tv or you know mom and dad talking at dinner like how do you try to navigate all that and you know make sure they know what matters most yeah yeah it's funny because um so my, our oldest daughter skylar's seven yep and, um <clears throat> really just recently she's been really uh attentive to 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 my wife and i like if okay. we hug if we hug or we kiss or we hold hands, like she's like, ew, what are you guys doing? Ooh, don't, don't, don't sit on his lap. Ooh, like just <laughs> um, so uh so we're dealing with that, but then also like you're saying, uh, I think that's important. I think it's important for my kids to see um the love that I have for my wife. Because like you just stated, um the verse says, you know, uh uh, love your wife as, as Christ loves the church, mm-hmm. uh, which is you try to break that down. It's it's an impossible thing to do. Right. Uh, so what so 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 what they're trying to tell men to do is something that only that that, that only God can do. Uh, yeah. So but but I think just that in and of itself is the calling for us to try and love in that type of way, that type of love. Um, so that's the love I try to show my wife. I, I need to do a better job at it as well. Um, I'm de- I definitely fall short plenty of times with, with, with my own issues and own problems, um, but letting her know that she comes first and that she is the uh, the most important thing, but most important thing to me. And uh, I want my want my daughters to see their dad treat their treat their uh, their mom that way because I want them to be treated that way, and I want my son to see me treat um, his his wife his mom like that, so he someday treats his wife um, treats his wife and treats his mom in in in, in such a way. Yeah, definitely. And I know kids are definitely like at 12 and nine, uh, they definitely notice. And we have two opposites. Our nine-year-old is all for it because she lo- like she knows that. Like she'll tell the older one, like, stop, let them hug or let them talk yeah. or whatever. The 12-year-old's like, ew, you guys can talk from further apart. Like, why are you so close? <laughs> um, so like they they notice that. And so that's that's the one thing. But also then I I've started to do this more too, like to make sure I spend time with each one of them separately. Because I know for them, their identity can't be as a sisters. They have to have identity with them within dad. And then how dad treats me. How does he talk to me? So, yeah, it, it's it's all one big thing. Like, I've, I've the best thing I've learned, too, is take a walk when I'm angry. Because that way I don't say the wrong thing to the kids or my wife. And so I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we've been together. Shoot, we just realized it's been 18 years since we first got engaged. And so I'm like, it's been a long time. Wow. Uh, of that, of being together. And then 21 years, I think we've been dating. So um, it's, it's a lot of mistakes in there, but that's the one thing we realize is like being able to admit we're wrong me more than her probably most of the time. But, uh, but also like, it's, it's going to be okay. Like yeah. no, nothing's too bad. Like we just make a big deal out of it sometimes. Uh, one thing I did want to say, like I've seen a lot of like CJ Stroud, um, Lamar Jackson, like a lot of guys getting big time awards. We saw this at NFL honors um, and they're thanking God. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of a thing where you didn't always have even Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning talked about that because I forgot what he was talking about. 
uh, maybe it was at the Pro Bowl, but he he brought it up and said, you know, man, like I just always tried to, you know, you know, lead with this or keep God first or do this and blah blah. And when you think about that, man, like some people always like for me, it was Philippians. Like I always like the the books of Philippians and how like you know being persecuted and then still loving the people within the the prison because it's like, hey, it's not your fault. I'm in prison. You're a, you have a bad king. So I'm going to, you know, minister to you and, you know, writing letters to the Philippians to still say, hey, you're not hated. Your king might be, but not mm-hmm. you. And you have a chance. What what kind of verse or what books or what what in the Bible like gets you through some of the tough times? Yeah, it's um, a great question, man. There's the, there, there's so many. There's so much. And the thing is, I'm, I'm still learning every day. I mean, I got, I got it right here, right, right, yeah. here, right now. After we're done here, I'm going to do, do some reading. But um you know, I got a handful of verses tattooed on my right arm. Okay. Uh, my first one was Isaiah 54, 17. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yeah. Um, Philippians 4, 13, for I can do yep. all things through Christ who gives me strength. Uh, Romans 5, 8, um, which is one of my favorites. You know, God demonstrates his love for us in this. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, you know, deny, don't pick up your, deny yourself, pick up the cross. Um, that's in Matthew and in Mark and uh those are those are all verses that I hold I hold tight hold on tight to that help me get through um, everything. You know, help me get through my everyday walk and just trying to look more look more like Jesus and treat people the way Jesus treated people. Um, but I'd say the verse that over the last three years, three four years, that really kind of changed my life and got me back got me back feeling more like myself <clears throat> was uh, Matthew five four um, when when Jesus is. Uh, is 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 uh, doing is doing the sermon on the mount is, is part of the beatitudes. Uh, you know, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mm. And this was this was when my mom uh, was you know battling cancer and she had lost her life to cancer. Um, coming up on four years now, and I was in a dark place for the first time in my life. I was questioning my faith, questioning God, wondering where He was, uh, seeking answers. Um, you know, just because I was confused. Why, you know, why would this happen to me? Uh, why would this happen to us? I, I did everything. I did everything I thought I could by, by praying and fasting and doing all these things. Um, you know, so just seeking these questions, you know, kind of angry with God. And, uh, you know, I've, I've read the Beatitudes so many times and I came across the Beatitudes again uh, and, you know, said the second verse in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And, it hit me in a completely different way. Um, mm-hmm. It just sunk into my heart. Um, I realized, I said, God, like I, I wasn't letting, I wasn't allowing you to comfort me. I was sitting in all this anger, um, all this confusion, all this doubt, but you are still right next to me and you are here with me, putting your arms around me as long as I allow you to do so. So I need to, I need to, take these shackles off, take these chains off of anger, of, of doubt, all these things that don't come from you and run into your arms because you're sitting there with open arms, ready to comfort me, ready to hold me, ready to help me get through this. Um, so I didn't get the answers of why it happened, but I got the answer of just trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. I will be with you. I'll help you get through this. Um, I, I'll, I'll be with you every step of the way and just help me realize that I, I'm not always going to get the answers. Um, you know, there's things that I'm not supposed to know. There's things that I will know once I, you know, once I reach heaven um, someday and I'm reunited with seeing my mom again, um, I'll get those answers. But right now I'm called to love and I'm called to trust God. And in doing that, God will comfort me in, in those hard times. 
Man, that's like I've always the, the word. So my, my grandfather was a preacher. Uh, my grandmother was in the church. Uh, she was a you know, she was a deacon's wife and all that stuff. And so we always had to go whether we listened or not. We had to go. Um, and so I remember the Beatitudes, but like I never really understood it. Like I, I remember that word because that always got like, oh, there's the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. I'm like, all right. And then even you saying that now, man, like that to me reminds me like, I got I just looked at it myself and I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I do that because I have there was times where because my dad died and my wife got breast cancer. I didn't mourn my dad. Like I didn't have time. Like yeah. I had to move right into like, what do we do? Like <clears throat> jump into action, chemo, surgery, you know, figuring out childcare while she's sick and so yeah. on and so forth. And, um, you know, like it, it, to me now I've been getting signs like, you know, Mel Blunt, Donnie shell, Tony, you know, guys texting me back. Hey man, like I just saw this on TV or whatever. Like I found out my dad was one of the videos. I just saw this cause, uh, Adam Schefter, tweeted it my dad's play against the houston oilers that's how old it was uh before the super bowl was the reason why instant replay was voted into the nfl it was him versus uh the receiver the receiver caught in the back of the end zone against pittsburgh he was a catch uh but the ref said he was out and there was no replay and so the rest talked and they stuck with it he was out of bounds my dad to this day and i got the ring actually in my drawer to this day he would always say like hey i got the ring so who cares and um that that was one of the things that i loved is now i've like i wish he was alive because i text mel blunt that and, and yeah, mel yeah. blunt's response to me i even text him the video like hey here's a video of that play and mel said the same thing he was like who got the ring <laughs> he was like he was out of bounds and i'm like man what are you talking about he's like i'm like that dude clearly was in bounds and then like i sent it to donnie shell i was like man my dad and i literally like i don't do that often but like that's like these are the two rings. So the yeah. 79 and uh 78 Super Bowls, 13 and 14. Um, uh, but this was the one. This was their first ring when he was a rookie. Um, it happened. Like the guy ran a fade route, caught the ball. And so, but now seeing that, like now when I see that, I cry like mm -hmm. happiness. Cause I'm like, oh yeah. man, like my dad, like he wasn't like he was right. <laughs> like it who cares about what the rest? So I, I actually use that video now, like I've been using it with kids, like, hey, every rest is not gonna be on your side. Yeah, so at the yeah, end yeah. of the day, who cares? Keep playing. And I'm like, the Oilers didn't, which is even funnier. Your coach, Wes Phillips, his granddad is Bum Phillips, was the coach of the Houston Oilers. <laughs> so Bum Phillips is like looking at my dad cursing as my dad's walking off the field like he was out of bounds, out of bounds, and Bum, like the video shows Bum like going off on the refs, blah, blah. And so, yeah, it, it didn't make the game. And, and, and that's what Mel Blunt even said. He texted me, they're like, hey, they still had three quarters left. That happened like the yeah, second quarter. So, you know, but of course they want to blame that specific play, but he's like, no, they still had two more quarters to try to beat us. They couldn't beat us. Um, but Wes Phillips, I'm hoping to talk to Wes Phillips. Cause that's what I text uh, the Vikings about that. Like, Hey, I didn't even know this correlation. Cause I want to talk to Wes about that. Like what does bum Phillips said about that play? What is, yeah. you know, what does he remember about that time? Cause that was part of my dad, but that was the one reason why I was able to mourn even that. Cause I'm like, man, like I cried, but I'm like, it was happy. Mm -hmm. Like, because my daughter saw me later and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, I just saw something of Papa and, you know, it just reminded me. And so now mom's, you know, five years cancer free, blah, blah. So I can move on and mourn and, you know, really just, you know, tell stories again about my dad and yeah. look back because I just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, I got a Christmas gift this year. A old photographer from Detroit. My uncle found him, found a picture of me and my dad from high school. So he sent it to me got it blown up and enlarged and so i'm gonna get that frame to put in my office but you know little stuff like that like before i probably never would have wanted to frame that picture because i'm yeah. like you know i don't even want to remember that but now i know 
uh, it's a part of that the morning process. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to tell stories. And I want my my kids to know about their granddad and what he did, and um, because they only knew him up to when they were like five or six, but they do remember him. They have pictures with them and videos and so on and so forth. But that was just one. So I know you went through it too, and that's why you know I know um, it's that's that I love that verse. Like I love that whole thing, but the morning part. Like I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, quick one before we get out of here. When you think about um, just sports as a whole. And you look at football moving forward, you know, moving past your family, you're doing it, you're a guy of it. Uh, But then you're looking at your longevity in this sport, the running back um, and the fullback, honestly, it's becoming far and few between. Like it's not the Jerome Bettises and the Mike Allstots and back in the day. Now it's can we spread everybody out? You know, can we find these hybrid tight ends to play receiver? Uh, When you see that, what, what, what goes through your mind? Um, as you see so many teams feeling like they don't need to run the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously as a, as, as a, as a, as a running back and, and fullback, you know, obviously I, I want to run the ball. I, I, I want, I want to block. I want my running backs to get carries. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I think that's the nature um, of any, of any running back, anybody who plays in the backfield. And yeah, you, you, you do see more, more and more teams are, are spreading it out, are spreading it out. And, uh, you know, like you said, getting get, getting these tight ends who are really good at receiving, um, getting these running backs who can who, who can wide out, line up out wide as well. Um, but you just see, uh, you know, 49ers, the Dolphins, um, the Ravens, uh, Houston Texans now, um, you know, us uh, us in the past, too. Um, of, 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 of teams utilizing utilizing uh, the fullback position. Mm-hmm. And I say fullback position because all these all these guys are not just are not just fullbacks. They're 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 guys that are are labeled as fullbacks, but they all have a background where they are extremely versatile. You know, Kyle Juszczyk being a former tight end, uh, myself being a former running back, Kari mm-hmm. from Chicago being a running back, Andrew Beck being a tight end, Alec Ingold did, I feel like did everything um, in, in college. So, um, you know, watching that game last night, you just get to see, you get to see what those bigger personnel groups can do. They can mm-hmm. do, um, you know, I saw, I saw you, I, I saw Kyle, you know, run doing jet, fake jet motions, coming back to the backfield, doing jet motions, running, run, run, running a rail routes, catching down flats, um, just using them in sp- so many different ways where, um, you can do those same things out of 11 personnel too. So it's like, you know, finding somebody, a tight end, a fullback, someone in, in, in that position that you can run your entire offense out of. Um, I think that's, I think that's a weapon. I think there's a handful of teams in, in the NFL who are still doing that. And um, mm. you know, a, a lot of those teams were extremely successful this year too. Yeah. How often do you go to Kevin O'Connor and kind of advocate for yourself like whether it's you've been working on in the off season or you're working on motion shifts and then running routes like how often do you try to say hey coach I, all off season i've been motioning and shifting out the backfield running hook routes curl routes seam routes like how much are you going to advocate for yourself this off season um you know what that's 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 not me you know it's it's football is a team game so yeah. like i i would never ever take um an individual approach about 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 a team game, you know. Right. Obviously, if I'm asked, I can I, I can I can voice, um, but it's, it's it's bigger than that. It's it's, it's about the success, um, and I also think too, like this uh, our our staff, um, you know, they they they've watched the film, they've they, they've seen all the things um, that that I that I've done in the past, 
Um, I've expressed that, you know, there's not much on the football field that you can ask me to do that I haven't done mm-hmm. and been and been successful at in some way, um, whether that's, you know, blocking from the tight end position, running the route, uh, playing fullback, playing running back. Um, I've, I've done it all. I've dabbled, I've dabbled in it all. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us fullbacks um, are, are like that, are jack of all trades, master of none, you know, but yeah. we can go out there and get the job done um, in anything that you ask us to do. And and one thing before we get out of here, man, I remember I looked at an old text. I, I think I texted you. This had to be like, you must have been a second year player maybe. And I don't know if you remember this. The Uncommon Awards banquet thing was at uh, Grace Church in Eden Prairie. Yeah. Uh, it was Tony Dungy. And I can't remember who the winner was. It might have been like Peyton Manning or. I feel uh, like if, if it was, it was, it was probably Peyton Manning if it was, if it was that early. Cause we, cause, cause we had talked at the, at the event the next day, right? After the event. Yeah, well, I tried to get you to come out to it the next the, the year before to speak or something. Mm. And you were like, oh man, I don't know, man. I'm a little nervous. I don't really, I don't really like to speak in public and da, da, da. And now I see you now, man, and I'm super proud of you. Um, I'm I'm like happy for you as well, because I know what anxiety can do if you're not comfortable sometimes speaking in public. Uh I see you going to big churches and doing events. So I'm I'm like I said, I'm proud of you, man. But if you could give that CJ advice, like you look, I always love to do this with players and like you look back on your life and maybe your rookie year, second year, what, what's some advice you would give or even college, what's some advice you would give young CJ? <clears throat> um, honestly, uh, I think I just tweeted this out a couple of days ago, but it just came out of my heart is don't let what other people think stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Mm. And, and that's, I feel like that's a piece of advice that, uh I would tell myself back then um, and anybody now, um, you know, because I feel like God did have a calling on my life. Uh, he still does have a calling on my life, but even yeah. even back then to, to use my platform um, uh, in, in, in a major way um, to, to, to glorify the kingdom. And because of my stutter, because of my insecurities of how I felt and how I, how I thought people thought of me when I, when mm-hmm. I did speak, I, I always felt like I wasn't intelligent enough. Um, I didn't use enough big words when I talked. Um, so I, 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 I let those things hold me back from, um, from opportunities to glorify the kingdom, to, uh, you know, put my best foot forward, um, yeah. step into spaces that, you know, that could have, um, helped me and helped me in tremendous ways. And, uh, I think that's the same, you know, athletically and everything too, um, kind of, kind of having that same mindset of just not letting what other people think dictate, um, what, what, what I want to do or what God is calling me to do. Where, where I feel like I'm getting pulled to, um, just follow it. Um, and, you know, people are going to say whatever they want to say. They're going to think whatever they want to think. But the only person's, only person's opinion that matters is, 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 is the guy up top. Well, man, I'm, thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show again, man. Like, it, it, I, I always enjoy talking to you. I'm, I'm proud of you, happy for you. Uh, but I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show, man. And coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. And we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Fantastic stuff with CJ Ham. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Get buckets with your first bet. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's a great deal. Bet five, get 150 when that bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA uh, players and teams with the quick bets, the live bets, the live same game parlays and exclusive props only at FanDuel, and plenty more. You've also got NHL. Hopefully you took the over in the Wild Canucks game yesterday and uh, college basketball heating up. 
FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on and download the easy to use FanDuel Sportsbook app and shoot your shot. Bet five, get 150. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Well, now it's time for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. We're going to be a little bit shorter today with the ham, the ham uh, interview with a little long, so we'll short it up today. <laughs> yeah, there was a report, Ron, that uh, the Vikings are reluctant to fully guarantee a Kirk Cousins extension. That came from Albert Breer, I believe. Uh, does that signal to you, Ron, that this is the end for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? Uh, no, it doesn't signal the end. And this is where, when I'm looking at this, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I got to read into the wording. So when you look at the wording, I think the biggest thing is the injury, and that's where the Vikings are. The Vikings are at the injury point of like, okay, well, what is this Achilles going to look like? We know you can do Magic Mike. We know you, you look fine. You're walking around. Uh, you know, technology is not what it used to be. So nowadays you can come back maybe a little bit sooner rehabbing. We don't – We, I mean, Kirk Cousins is not going to talk like Aaron Rodgers. So we don't know. Kirk might have gotten a similar surgery from what Aaron got, but he's not going to bring it up and tell the world. So when you think about this, I don't think it is the end. I, I think this is probably a rubber meets the road situation. And uh, Kirk's going to have to figure that out. Like, is is the contract being fully guaranteed? Is that worth it? Or is it, I, I do want to play with Justin Jefferson? Because what Kirk has to realize, too, is the teams that, ha- you know, the teams that probably could use a quarterback that could still get to the playoffs, it, it's not a lot. Because most of the, like, the Chiefs, the Eagles, uh, you know, the Giants already signed Daniel Jones to big money. And I'm not saying the Giants were a playoff team, but they were, you know, they were the year before. So when you look at all these teams that theoretically, you know, the, the Washington Commanders, you know, but they don't have a coach. I'm sorry, they don't they have a new coach. So when you think about all that, 49ers aren't going to want to get Kirk Cousins. They've already been to a Super Bowl with Brock, Brock Purdy. I know that was one thing Shanahan talked about. Oh, I might go get Tom Brady. Uh, I still would have gotten Kirk Cousins. Well, Brock Purdy got you there. So now it's your, it's your fault. So. For Kirk Cousins, I don't think it's the end. I do think this is the rubber meets the roll. Like somebody's going to – and this is the, the game that teams play with players. You play chicken. Who's going to fold first? Mm-hmm. Kirk going to fold and take what we're offering? Or are we going to fold and just say, all right, fine, Kirk, here's another guaranteed contract. But can we add an injury clause into this? Uh, it's kind of like that Russell Wilson thing. Russell Wilson's clause was if he gets hurt and doesn't make it to March 1st, because that's coming, I mean, whatever, February 20th, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson would have gotten more money uh, guaranteed, $57 million guaranteed because he said, look, I want you guys to pay me for a year I'm going to miss because I got hurt on your field. That's what teams are trying to avoid, and I think that's where the Vikings are with Kirk Cousins. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've, I've seen this report, and I've seen another report that they were reluctant to to guarantee money for Jefferson beyond the first year. And I'm just I'm asking the Vikings to live in reality a little bit. You got to play ball. You got two big-time quarterbacks, top 12 quarterbacks at, of Kirk Cousins' caliber. They're going to want guaranteed money. Wide receivers of Justin Jefferson's caliber, they're going to want more guarantees. Like, you got to live in reality a little bit. This isn't a fantasy land where you can always get what you want. You got to do what what the market dictates, and that right. means you need to guarantee things to uh, elite players. Next up, Ron, Carl Anthony Towns in the All-Star game Sunday night scored 50 in a 211-186 loss, um, is Cat's accomplishment worth celebrating to you? No, that that game was horrible. That <laughs> defense was horrible. Uh, the fact that people are all posting, I know how to make the game better. Uh, that oh, who thought all these stars? This game would have been that boring. 
that's the biggest issue is like you look at the Kobe, Michael Jordan kind of mic'd up. You look at the Allen Iverson uh, all-star game. You, you look at, you know, the, LeBron, the early LeBron Carmelo uh, guys were playing way harder. And, and not to say like you have to like try to kill it, but it was just different. Guys were actually like Kobe and Jordan were actually trying to stop each other. They were actually like they weren't going to hurt each other, but they were it was like pick up basketball at a gym. It's still had some energy to it. It still had some defense to it. You still had guys like trying to block shots. This was a glorified just shoot around. Uh, it, it's getting to the point now where people, I think somebody, and maybe we'll talk about this on Friday. I think this should be our Friday roundtable discussion mm-hmm. topic. Um, was the NFL flag football game and festivities now more impressive than the NBA All-Star? Uh, because And they actually played a game. Because that's where a lot of people were saying, like, oh, NBA is doing so much better than the NFL. They're still playing. Oh, wait, no, they're not. And for Finch, I know he was, like, just gut-wrenching to see that many points put, be put up on his team. He's coaching 211 points. So, yeah, it's it's it was not uh, – I can't glorify that. I'm sorry. 186 points. Like, I get it. That's almost a third of their points, which is – so I will say that. It's almost impressive because he scored a third of an all-star games team's points. But your coach was also, it's like, that's the equivalent of your dad being your coach. Like, gave you the green light. Go out there and do it. You're the only one that wants to do it. Nobody else really cares to do it. So that's why I'm still, it's, it's, I can argue both sides, but no, I can't give him credit. I don't know about you. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'm not gonna stand here and applaud him for scoring with no defense in his face. Uh, he obviously got in his head that he wanted to put up a big number. That's fine. But um, I'm not gonna chalk it up to anything too meaningful. Last up, um, Kevin Seifert reported the Vikings are looking to see if there is common ground in negotiations with free agent pass rusher Marcus Davenport. Would you like to run it back and try the uh, Marcus Davenport experience, uh, experiment one more time, Ron? No. Um, just And it's nothing against him. He was really good when he played, but the injury, like this is what his career has been. Uh, it's a business. It's tough. Uh, but no, for what? Like, you already know, like, he hasn't made it in a season. Like, he hasn't fully, like, give you four. Like, if he could give the team four seasons, I'd be like, yeah, that was just a freak. You know, like, Daniil Hunter, whole season, year before hurt. Uh, we've seen that with other players. Uh, no, no, he just, it, 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 this is what his career has been, and it's tough, but it's a business. And so I would say, no, I wouldn't run it back. If I were them, I would just, I'd keep scouring the earth trying to figure out, like, watch some film, figure out what other teams had some young guys or some free agents or some, you know, guys coming up on contract number two, but they haven't really done it just yet. But, you know, Brian Flores, use that Rolodex. Like, yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. That's just me, though. Yeah. So here's where I'm at. The Vikings could very easily lose to Neil Hunter. And at that point, beggars can't be choosers. They have nobody to rush the passer. So if you can get Marcus Davenport at half the price, that he played at last year at a, at a bargain deal that reflects his injury history, then I'm fine with that because you need something. And this might be the kind of bargain hunting that they need to do. Um, so I'd be willing to try it again. If the price is right, I was disappointed with last, how last year went, but I agree with you. I thought he was good all summer and all training camp. And then he got hurt right at the beginning of the season. So right. if just t- take care of him a little bit in the off season get him healthy to the regular season and see what happens. Yeah. Some people are just injury prone and it's, it's tough. Like it's tough. I mean, I I hurt my knee, what, four times. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, it was time for me to be done. There was nothing I could do about it. It's tough. It sucks. You look back on your life. You're like, man, 
Why can't I stay healthy? But it is what it is. But I had a good show today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra. I want to thank everybody that continues to like, share, and download. Remember Roku, Amazon app, Sirius XM as well. You can go on the SXM app on any app market. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And then when you're looking for your hometown broadcast right now, just search Timberwolves. I know it's twin season coming up, but right now, if you're at the gym and you want to get some Timberwolves radio broadcast, just search Timberwolves on the SXM app. But also, 24-7 on YouTube, you can get Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get all of our shows 24-7 around the clock. That's Timberwolves, Wild, Vikings, Wolves, and Gophers at all hours of the day. Thank you, guys, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.